thinking of starting a podcast? Well, try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. Joining me today, whether you love him or hate him, it's Cavs Twitter aficionado, Mr. Hiram Boyd. How you doing, Hiram? Finding yourself? Man, I'm doing good. Cavs are playing winning basketball for the first time in really either post-LeBron era, if you ask me. And there are things to look forward to. There's also things the Cavs need to work on. But there's also a lot of question marks. And so I figured we'd go ahead and dip right into why we came here today and what we came to discuss, my friend. As you know, (laughs) is one Mr. Colin Sexton. So Mm -hmm. let me just ask you this right off the bat. What is your ideal role for Colin Sexton? I think he, my ideal role is, I think he's the modern version of Damian Lillard. I think he, if you gave him the tea, the keys, he will put up Dame type Kyrie type numbers. He's closer to Dame, in my opinion, than Kyrie, but I consider Dame and Kyrie on the same level. And I think he's on the same level, if not a little bit better, because I think he has more defensive upside than both of those guys. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. And so have you seen significant enough growth out of him this year to justify the the large deal that he was reportedly asking for. I know that there was a lot of reports that dropped out there, and I don't think that his side was necessarily requesting the max type of deal. But would you feel what, what what would be the number if you had to feel comfortable signing him to something? What would it be? I I agree with Dan Galinsky. I would anything below twenty seven million per is um, lowballing him, and I would say twenty seven million. And to be on the safe side and to give the other other side who are more skeptical of him, I would say 27 million guaranteed with incentives. I'm, I'm just going to be brutally honest. You look at Colin Sexton compared to Shea, compared to the guy, uh, Jamal Murray, compared to Spiders, compared to uh, Fox, uh, uh, all those, uh, and, and the guy up in the air uh, with the Suns. He's up there with them in just about every aspect. And he has shown more steady improves, more steady improvement than any of those guys. And, and this year, what makes what gets me upset is even his biggest critics will even say he's made a big jump so far and still early in defense this year, which he clearly has because I've never seen him play the pick and roll like he has this year. So this is once again is showing you that he's improving his game. And the disappointing part is what for whatever reason the front office. Let's, let's just be honest, Matt. They don't want him. Deep down inside, <laughs> they don't want him. All uh, the all elaborate the on that for me, man. Look at okay. Let's look at it. They tried. They're trying like hell to trade him. 
They lowballed them in contract negotiations. They'll tell you in a minute that they like Darius Garland more, and I don't understand that. We we can that's something we need to discuss. They took them off of all of the prom- promos and stuff, and they're continuously trying to trade them. Then they shrink his they shrink his um his minutes, they shrink his touches, they shrink his um they shrink everything his, his shots his shots everything. This is like the oldest trick in the book. We don't want you. All of the signs are, we don't want you. We don't want, they, now they'll tell you, oh, he's well, oh, we love him. They love him. They love him at their price, which is not where his value is. They, they essentially are saying, if you're, if you're going to be here, you got to be a six man at, at 18 to $20 million a year. That's not where Colin Sexton's value is. And Colin Sexton should have said, you know what? I'm, that's okay. I can go somewhere else. And other announcers are saying, Teams are going to be after him. I mean, if they don't want to pay him, oh, somebody will. I mean, I I consider him a Dame Lillard type ball player, a one and a half to a two type ball player. And there's value in that. I mean, wouldn't you like to have Kyrie Dame to, to build or to go with Evan Mobley? <laughs> I would. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I think I think where the misconception comes in with Colin. Uh, in a lot of people's eyes is that Colin, you know, he was drafted to be pretty much the guy, but over the course of time, you know, his size, uh, his, his ability as a playmaker, although it's not where you want it to be, it's improving. I think the misconception here is that you can't build around a guy of his ilk, of his mold. People have this opinion that he's just a scorer on a bad team. And while I don't necessarily believe that Colin is a number one, I do think he can be a number two on most really good teams, a contending team. I think if you put him in the right spot, I think he can be a a second option. Exactly. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. I just that's my opinion on it. I think that a lot of people get too bogged down in the box score stats. I mean, you look at it this season, 16 points, that's a career low, but he's in a new role and he's adjusting fairly well through these 11 appearances. The, the assists are a career low, but to me, you know, there's, there's a lot of potential assists that have been missed this season. I mean, I can't look at the guy and say, Hey, he's perfect, but I think that he is trying to, get his teammates involved. And I think that he has improved in that area as a facilitator. But again, when you have a guy like Ricky Rubio, you know, that comes to town, who is just probably the best floor general the Cavs have at this point. Absolutely. You're going to have the ball in his hands and you're going to be creative in, you know, how you utilize them. And for Sexton, it all boils down to, well, what role are they going to play him in and how he's going to adjust to it. Now, Let's talk about his running mate, Darius Garland. Mm-hmm. Do you think long term that these two, you know, being six foot one guards can be, you know, can coexist in the in the starting lineup? Um, I'm I'm for one that uh, I don't have no issue with the size of the of the of the uh, of the backcourt. I think too many people get caught up in that. I'll take if you told me I'm not a Darius Garland fan. I, I'm, I'm full disclosure. I think <laughs> thanks I, for the honesty. I, yeah, I, I'm not a big dad. The more I watch him, the more I get disappointed, to be frank with you. But if you told me uh, he was um, 
let's say uh, Mike Conley and we got Damian Lillard, a.k.a. Colin Sexton. You telling me I go to battle with that. I don't care about the size. I go to battle with that. I would. I I mean, and I do respect those who feel differently, and that's perfectly fine. But if you tell me I got a seven foot Evan Mobley, a seven foot Jared Allen, and a, a you know and a six eight six nine small four like Dylan Winler, who I think eventually is going to take over that position, I go to battle with that. My side, and 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 think about it like this, Matt. People, uh, uh, Chris Manning on his show said something totally wrong. He and Evan Demerol said something totally wrong. They said, well, Utah has a lot of size around their two small guards. No, they do not. They have a 6'4 small forward. They have a 6'8 power forward and a 7-foot, I think he might be 7'1 center. That's not a lot of size around your 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 small backcourt. I mean, a vastly undersized small forward and a mediocre sized power forward. Is that? I mean, tell me where where's that where's that a lot of size at? I think with that and the layout of their team, a lot of the cleanup there is with you know perennial defensive player of the year candidate Rudy Gobert I think he is able to clean up a lot of the mistakes there and exactly. while I do think that Evan Mobley is years beyond you know his current age right now in that regard and Jared Allen is no slouch on D the guy right. is you know consistently blocking shots I just think that they have something unique because they have Rudy Gobert I think right. the size that they have surrounded those players with in Utah works because of that I don't think that they're beating teams out with their size, but I think they have a good balance and they have a uniqueness because of the, of a guy like Gobert. I agree with you, but my whole point was it can work. It can work. If, if you surround the right guys around yours, you feel that strongly about your backcourt. You surround them with that kind of size and that it, it can work. If you listen to these guys before they got Evan Mobley, and they were eating their words when they found out how good Evan Mobley was, they started saying, well, yeah, I can see how it works. And, and yeah, yeah, it does work if, if you have a small – because they were like, uh-uh, I, you, you just can't win with a small backcourt. That's hogwash. If your small backcourt is that good and you have the size and you have that kind of talent around them, it can work just like any other thing. They just did. The problem with a lot of people is that they don't agree with it. So they kind of try to come up with a lot of things to say, well, it can't work when it actually can work. That's fair. I'll say this. So far, it seems to be working. The Cavs at seven and five are appear to be ahead of many people's expectations. I know certainly I had them pegged as a playoff kind of play in mix type of team, but I did not have them winning seven of their first. 12 games. Well, let me just say this one last thing. Um, well, I forgot what I was about to say, man. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what I was about to say. But the bottom line is that it, it, it can work if you if you feel that strongly about your guys and and, and so forth and so on. I mean, I, I, like I said, if you told me I came up, Darius Garland was, you know, uh, uh, what's the guy that used to play with Boston and uh, from UConn? People were comparing him to uh, from UConn uh, that played with Charlotte for all those years. Kimba, Kimba Walker. 
we both comparing him to Kimball Walker, and you told me Colin Sexton was uh, 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 Dame Lillard. I could go to battle with that. I, that's a hell of a start right there to go with Evan Mobley. I, I, I will, if I'm a general manager, I will make that work. And here's, here's what I remember Kobe Altman. When he drafted Darius Garland to go with uh, uh, Colin Sexton, he said something a lot of people seem to forget. He said, we're going to surround these guys with more size. He said that. And he's done exactly <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, to the uh, to the fullest extent, it looks like thus exactly. far. Exactly. And people seem, well, we don't agree with it because, you know, but let me ask you this. Looking at the Cavs backcourt and looking at the side, can you and I've I've racked my brain on this. Can you think of one game in which you said, you know what? The Cavs small backcourt really cost them this game. No, through the 11 appearances that Colin was on the court, the share that he shared the court with both Garland and Rubio. No, I can't. And I think it's because the Cavs, they are running a very conven- unconventional starting unit. Um, you know, right. before uh, marketing went down, they right. were rolling, literally rolling out three seven footers. You just don't see that. See and that, that size, right. that balance kind of makes up for the lack of size in the backcourt. And I don't think that the, the backcourt is costing them games. I will say this, uh, you know, we, we have seen instances in which the fit looks a little bit clunky out of the gate, just because Colin at points can appear a little lost, especially, you know, that was highlighted in the uh, the Toronto game in which, you know, undeniably um, Darius Garland kind of had to play cleanup. But I think that the two, well, you will see your fair share of games in which Colin comes up, you know, big time. And I think the last game, you know, a lot people want to talk about it just because Colin, you know, it was his first game out of the Cavs. Their defense was phenomenal up until that end of the game, you know, the, the, the end of the fourth quarter, it was phenomenal. But, you know, nonetheless, I think having a guy like Colin Sexton there at those moments, whether or not, you know, he's in the closing unit or not on most nights, I think that was a game in which Colin Sexton very much could have been impactful. You know, whether or not he was in the starting unit or not, whether or not he was in the closing uh, was in the closing unit or not, I think the Cavs are not even in that position if Colin is a part of that game. Well, and so... I think you're going to see different matchups, different games in which either one or both of those guards is going to contribute in one way or another towards the win. I, I just, well, to answer your question fully, I don't think the backcourt is costing them games with their size. Well, here, let me tell you what I did, Mac. I went, I went back and watched just about every Cavs game this past summer, multiple times last year, last year's game. It, no, not one game. Maybe you could, it was a little sketchy in one game, but Outside of that, there wasn't one game outside of that, probably maybe one game that I could say that the Cavs backcourt, small backcourt, not necessarily cost them the game, but was a factor in why they lost. Just one. Okay, people overrate it because they don't agree with it. You got to understand they they don't agree with it. So they try to come up with all these different things on why it can't work instead of saying, you know what? And and I said this for myself, looking at the cap, they the in terms of fit and in terms of whether they can play together, all of this, all of this can work. It's unconventional because people haven't tried it, but it can work as far as skill sets are concerned. Now, 
the the one game that I didn't see this year was the Toronto game. I have yet to see, see that game. I was I fell asleep to watch it. I got up for five minutes and I went back to sleep. So I I did not see that game. But in my opinion and some other opinions that I respect, them doing what they're doing to Colin Sexton has cost them four games already. Okay, elaborate on that for me though. What have they? What are they doing? Are you are you referring to like the reduced the yes. the appearance of a reduced yes. role, the minutes? Yes. What are you referring yes. to? The, all of the above. The giving him thirteen shots against um, uh, uh, Memphis when Ja got thirty one. I mean, you give Colin Sex Colin Sexton. There's no reason on God's green earth Colin Sexton should not have twenty to twenty twenty to twenty two shots bare minimum per game. Then the game against Phoenix, where where he gave him, I think he got 11 shots. But I will say this, that game, they didn't play very well at all, and they all got benched. But I think he got 18 minutes that game. Then the game against the Lakers, when I watched that game, the Lakers were terrified of Colin Sexton. Absolutely terrified. Okay, they were sending, and I said this during the game, and other people agreed with me. They had four guys surrounded that guy. They had nobody that could guard. I said it earlier in the game. They have nobody that can guard Colin Sexton. Nobody. You gave him what? I think it was nine, eight, nine shots, and he was basically shut out the second half, and they ended up losing. I want to ask JB, and he made the comment. He said he's not closing game. What has he done to not warrant being a closer in the game? What, what did he do? It has it has to be something else. Well, I, and I and I told you this off the air too. We talked on Twitter. I know for a fact, and Chris Manning and Evan Demerol have been saying it all summer. They're going. The front office doesn't want Colin Sexton, so they they're going to reduce his. They're going to give Darius. They like Darius Garland so much more. They're going to give him the keys to the thing because they they just don't want Colin Sexton. In my opinion, they don't want him overshadowing Darius Garland. Uh, okay. See, I'm not quite there yet. I still think that this team, you know, I think they want him, but I just don't think they want to go overboard with what they would pay him on his next deal. And I think in terms of long-term thinking, I think that does make sense. But at the same time, I can see where many people may think that that is perceived as kind of disrespecting the guy at what his value truly is Sure. Um, for him. You know, this this injury of all sorts, you know, it, it appears that he might be, you know, not requiring surgery. But I mean, right. there's nothing solid in place yet in regards to reporting out there just yet. Uh, I know that uh, Evan Demerol just, you know, tweeted about that not too long ago. But at the same time, we just don't have anything concrete on whether or not he's going to require surgery and how long he's going to be out. And with that Correct. said, the timing of this is just it's terrible uh, for him, mostly, this does suck for the organization, too, because they appear to just be turning the, uh, you know, the, the corner in regards to competing for a playoff spot. And I still think they will. But I think that losing Colin definitely is a major blow in, in the meantime. I think it's a major. I, I think it couldn't have been better, to be frank with you. I, Elaborate. I OK, I think his injury, we're going to see how good Mr. Garland is. Because I know for a fact, I know that Colin is fine without Garland. I don't think Garland is fine without Colin. Do I you, don't. 
Okay, so you know, I gotta, I gotta ask you this. I gotta push back a little. Why have we have we seen consistent proof that Colin can win games without DG? Well, when you say I, I can't say win games because if you go back to last year when DG, when Garland was out those two weeks at the end of the year, Colin was twenty six and five, twenty six and six. He was consistently putting up Colin Sexton type Dame type numbers. But they didn't win because they didn't have enough talent. So, That's fair. so the, the the organization seems to be, and JB said this. Well, he's going to get paid if he if he helps us to win. Well, or if we win, well, you you basically blaming him for all the losses when you didn't do your job to surround him with enough talent. <laughs> I mean, you can't blame that man. What what he supposed to? Do? Okay, I'm gonna wait till you get. I'm gonna wait to put up twenty seven and five when you get enough talent around me. Instead of just putting up twenty-seven and five consistently, and then you get more talent around me, so I can put put up maybe even better numbers around that. They blame them for the losses when they didn't do their job. So, and 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 as a reward, we're going to reduce you in every aspect and lowball you and try to get rid of you, so we can give a, in, in my opinion, a, a much more inferior talent the 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 the, the keys to the to the thing here. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. I mean, and I watch Darius Garland, and I I love his step back game. I love his passing. I'm, and you talking to a guy who watched basically every minute of Darius Garland over the past summer. I'm a Darius Garland aficionado. I I can tell you everything. You haven't seen any significant areas of no. growth in his game. No. To start the year? None? No, none. He's, he's the same guy he was. The only difference was in his rookie year, he was he was he was slower because he was coming off of that major knee injury. And that was to be understood. Okay. But he's the I mean, I I I already know what he's gonna do. I mean, when he put up that shot against Washington. He had he didn't even consider driving to the ba- to the basket to either dish to get fouled or to score. You know why? Because he can't physically do it. He can't physically beat defenders. Ah, dude, I, I think he can. I don't see. I, I think that's the misconception with him, too. I think that he has the ability to. He's not as athletically gifted as Colin is, but he can do it. It's no. just aggressiveness. That's the no. and that's the thing. Mac, I'm telling him, you. Mac, I'm telling you, I, I watched I watched every minute of Darius Garland in the past ever since he got into the league. <laughs> We're and watching I, the same guy. He can't, he can't do it, Mac. I mean, well, I I tell you what, I watched. It was a game against Detroit last year, and it was a game against it was a game the games against uh, Carolina this year. Okay, uh, Charlotte, you got a slow tail center. At the top of the key, isolated against you, one and one on one. You got, I mean, you put Kyrie, you put Dane, you put some of these big time ball players. I mean, I'm already counting the two points because I already know you're going to score, you're going to dish, or you're going to the foul line. This guy consistently and persistently, he did this last year with Isaiah Stewart, too. I, I, I know it, man. I've watched it. Dribble, dribble, pass. He has no interest in getting to the hole. 
unless somebody clears it and they have to do a hard closeout and he has a clear path to the thing. To the and as soon as somebody step up, he's going to throw a lob. He he's not taking it to the hole, man. He is just 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 isolate yourself during the game and watch him. Whether you tape it or watch it live, just watch it. <laughs> Okay, I mean, I'll say this. I mean, it, with 11 seconds to go, like, he didn't even consider getting to that rim. Interest in ability is different, though, Hiram. I think that's that's the confusion with that. He he may not look to do it. Just as all those years, people would clamor for LeBron to drive it to the basket, especially in those finals games in which he oftentimes did it. I mean, the Cavs still ended up you know, winning the championship without him doing so most of the time, but it was still a part of his game. And I think for DG, he has the ability to do it. It's about the aggressiveness. He may well, not look to do is. it because Colin, that's why we call him the bull, man. He we, he looks to do that. He invites contact. DG I is not this. that. I said this. I said this, Matt. I said this. And I said this in his, I gave him the, I gave him the benefit of the doubt in his rookie year coming off of that injury. In his second year, after about 20, 30 games, I said this, and you can, you, if you want to dig it up in my tweets or whatever, that's fine, anybody, okay? I said this. Deep down inside, Darius Garland knows that he physically cannot do this consistently. He, he knows it. He knows it. Because in three years, up until now, I'm still questioning you about the same doggone thing that I've questioned you as a, as a raw rookie. And you have not shown the ability at all to do it. And the team and, 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 and the bigger staff has been saying, we need you to be more aggressive. Please be more aggressive. We're a better team when you're more aggressive. He can't physically do it, man. He can't. I, I mean, it's been three years and he hasn't shown the ability to consistently do it outside of a hard closeout yet. That tells me that you can't do it. You you physically can't. And he can't because he's just not quick enough or athletic enough to be able to beat these guys who who are who are engineered to stop you. He can't do it. And that game, that game. And, and, and I said this, too. We're going to find out if he's the big time ball player that the Cavaliers organization with, with Colin Sexton now going back to the original comment. With Colin Sexton out, we're going to find out if he's all that and a bag of chips like the organization. And I'm gonna tell you, he's not gonna do it because he physically can't do it. He needs he needs Colin Sexton or somebody of that ilk to take that pressure off of him and penetrate and get into that to that area while he just stands out there and shoot threes. His game is just shoot. He wants to shoot and pass. That's all he wants to do. That's that's all he's capable of doing. And that's why there's a definite limit to his upside. And quite frankly, I'm just going to say this. I don't think he's going to get much better than where he is right now. That is a big statement, Hiram. Everybody, look, I'll say this. I don't think that he will ever be as athletically gifted as Sexton. That is just God given. But I think that he has the ability it's the aggressiveness. You can't teach aggressiveness. And that's the biggest complaint when it in regards to a guy like DG. I think he he has shown it in the past. He can drive. He just doesn't Where? look to. He can. Where? He has done it consistently to start the season, man. He's <laughs> in, even in that even in that Washington game, he drove a few times. It's just he doesn't look to do that. Is it not his natural instinct? And you can't teach aggressiveness. I think that's the major complaint. 
in for a guy like Darius. I don't no, know if didn't. that I don't know if that'll ever truly get better, but I mm-hmm. will say this. I think they can win despite that. I mean, they they nearly almost did it with the roster, the lineup that they put up, missing three key rotation oh. pieces in that last game. It's I, it, I I agree with you. They can win with it. I'm not saying that they can't. But my my question is is Darius Garland a good enough talent where I want to surround, I want to build my team around him and Evan Mobley. And the answer for me, before I get to the point of what he did the other day, the answer for me is a H-E-L-L no. Okay. I think Darius Garland at his best, is a maybe, maybe a, a, a Chris Middleton and, and, you know, on the championship team, maybe a three, um, more likely a four. I don't think he's going to be somebody who can consistently be good defenders in the backcourt. In my opinion, he just can't. I know you feel differently and that's perfectly fine, but I'm a, I'm a Darius Garland aficionado <laughs> here. I, have, I haven't seen that ability. And what he did the other day was, he took advantage of poor pick and roll drop defense. He, he, he took a, what happened was is that he did the pick and roll and there was nobody when he came off the curl to stop him. A good defensive team will not allow that. Okay. They're going to have somebody. And, and what I, I can tell you, another thing that teams do when the games get tight, they stay, they stay with him buried because they already know he can't beat them off the, off the dribble. They stay with him. They put an overhand, a taller overhand defender on him to, to try to discourage him from that step back three. That's the only thing they worry about. I've seen it in my sleep, man. I, 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 I don't think I've ever in basketball. I don't think I've ever watched a, a, a player as much as I have watched Darius Garland. <laughs> so I have to ask this. You, you obviously, you know, I think we share a lot of similarities in the way that we evaluate Colin Sexton. Correct. But in regards to D, the, in regards to DG, I think we're on a different page, and that's okay. That's, that's, fine. Okay. that's fine. But in regards to Colin, you are saying that you would rather build around Colin for the foreseeable future. If you had, if you had to choose between the two, it's Colin. Absolutely, between it. But let me just say this: I want to keep DG too. I, I don't have a problem with him. My problem is, he, my what I would do is say, look, you can be on the team and you we feel like you're a good player, but you're gonna have to play a lesser role because you to, just physically to, to Darius. To, to, no, yeah, I would tell Darius, you're gonna have to play a lesser role. You're not all that in the bag of chips like the uh, like the front office think you are. You're not. You're physically un in my opinion and some other people's opinion. You're physically unable to be able to do the things that I need you to do consistently, and it got me to wondering. I've I've been watching uh, the guy in Portland. What's his name? The backup point guard. That guy. If you gave him Darius Garland's minutes, I think he's a better player. I'm just gonna be brutally. Are you honest. talking about Afrini Simmons? Yes, that guy can ball. He does everything. Can shoot. Get hard, hard uh, shot, I mean, tough shots, can get to the rim, can do everything Darius Garland and, and more. I wonder if you gave him 34, 33 to 35 minutes a night, would he put up Darius Garland's minutes? I mean, he, he probably outplayed Darius Garland. It's just that I'm just saying, and just to wrap it up here, physically, he just, he just incapable of being <laughs> that type of ball player, in my opinion. Now, and I said this in the summer. The, his only saving grace to being uh, what the front office 
wants him to be, he got to shoot it like Steph Curry because he, he just can't do all some of the other things. And I've only seen one of those in my lifetime, and he might be the best shooter. He, well, fr- frankly speaking, he's the best shooter that ever has ever walked the face of this earth. So good luck in doing that. I'm just saying that if, if you there's no question in my mind that Colin Sexton is a way better talent. And I have no idea what the hell Chris Manning was talking about in shot creation. It, it, there's only one shot that Darius Garland does, and that's that step back. But anyway, um, uh, there's no. I mean, I'm taking <laughs> Dame, I'm taking Dame Lillard over Ish Smith or uh, or uh, you know Mike Conley any day of the week. I'm just that, that's just me. That's the way I look at it. So and, you view you do you really view DG as a Ish Smith type of player? Do you really my, see him my, that way? My range for DG is at the highest a Mike Conley, a better little, a better offensive, much less defensive version of Mike Conley and the low end, a backup point guard. <laughs> I don't know, man. I guess we could ad- uh, agree to disagree, disagree. there. I, I, I don't, uh, I don't see that there from him. I don't think that he'll, I know I can't seriously sit here and say that, uh, you know, he's any less talented than Colin is because Colin still has aspects of his game he must continue to work on as well. But I don't think Darius will ever be the type of scorer that Colin can no, be. No, I just no, think no. their games, their games right. can fit hand in hand. The problem exactly. is has has been the roster around them, the fit around exactly. them up until this point. I think it, um, you know, I know we haven't talked about this guy yet, and that's uh Isaac Okoro. I think, you know, even looking at the way things played out last season. One, you're playing him at a, you know, at a disadvantage on some nights when you have when you had him at the three. And now, you know, with Colin being out, he's going to be all but asked to be the starting two guard now. So we're going to see a lot from him. And and if he really has improved in a couple of different areas. But mm-hmm. I think by and large, the biggest area with this backcourt that the the problem has been is just been the talent around them. And I think you're seeing a change in that this season with the additions of <clears throat> Lori Markinen, uh, you're getting a reinvigorated Kevin Love for the most part. Jetty Osmond has been, you know, playing pretty good basketball. Yes, uh, Dylan Windler is finally back in the fold after yeah. being made of glass for so long. Correct. And, you know, Jared Allen, who who might be making an all-star leap this year. I mean, you just, right. I don't know. That's That's just been the biggest issue. And I think, as you alluded to earlier, I think you can win with the backcourt they currently have constructed. I just... Yeah. I'm not necessarily there yet on, um, you know, Collins role being diminished. I don't see it that way. I think he's playing possibly some of the best basketball of his career. I just, I do see it. It does. uh, It does make you wonder from, from game to game. Hey, you know, is this guy, are they, are they diminishing his role? Are they really not putting him in the start in the closing unit because, of defensive issues because I don't see that his defense has gotten right. worse because I, right. I really think he's improved as a defender. Absolutely. I, I am questioning what the issue is behind that on some, hey, some occasions. Right. right. But I don't want to, you, you'll get there eventually and I don't want to speed up the process for you, but some other information, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Isaac Okoro is too short to play the small the small forward position. When you drafted him as a small forward, all of a sudden they're greasing the skids to get rid of Kyle Sexton. Because me and Q, <laughs> me, me and Quinn Alberti were talking about this. 
Yeah, you can make a case for for Isaac Gore being too short to play small four. Even though if you look at the rest of the league, they have a lot of short small fours around here. But he damn sure isn't skilled enough to play the number two. <laughs> he, he, he can't even dribble without looking at his hands. I mean, I mean... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, so how in the hell are you going to tell me he's a number two and he can't even dribble, let alone shoot without looking at his hands? I mean. <laughs> and I think that's that's what we're here to find out, though. Uh, you know, all jokes aside, I think the Colin injury definitely will shed some light upon a few guys, namely Isaac Okoro and Dylan Windler and, you know, the future possibly that they could have in regards to their roles. But let me just tell you this before I before you go, because let me just tell you this. Watch out for this, because Kyle and I disagree with you on the other day about Collins not having the ball in his hands, too. He should have the ball. I'm not saying he should be the primary point guard. <laughs> I I think he should have the ball in his hands a lot more than what they than what they did do the half. I think he's been fine. I think I think he's been fine when he had to run the point by himself. I, I don't think he's been great. I don't think he's a great passer. I don't think he'll ever be a great passer. But I don't think, I think it's about a- that, Hiram. I think it's I don't think it's necessarily about him not having the ability to do so. I think that he's kind of gone down a tier just because of the addition of Ricky Rubio. You're not not going to use Ricky. And for for DG, I think the issue there is he is best suited to play the one guard. And so if you have him more in an off ball role, you're kind of, you're kind of lessening the, the ability of everybody. You're kind of taking the, 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 the height down the the ceiling. I I would tell Darius Garland, you got to learn how to be a good off ball guy because his limitations of being able to beat people off the dribble does take away from his point guard ability. And if you play him as a number two, you do highlight his ability after some strong penetration from Colin Sexton and Ricky Rubio, you do highlight his ability to shoot off the dribble and to shoot that step back, that step back three. That is true. Before you go though, let me just tell you this to watch out for something because I had, I noticed it the other day when Colin was out and other people have noticed it too. Watch out for the three point shooting. They're going to really struggle with Colin because they have nobody who can get in the lane to create a mismatch, to draw the defense in, to get those three points. Yeah. Yeah. Now I do agree with that. I think you're going to have to see a massive uptick in that regard from the likes of Okoro. And they're going to, I'm sure they'll figure in Windler, you know, they're, they're going to, they're the the rotations are going to look a little bit weird, but I do agree in that regard. The three point percentage is probably going to take a hit. Yep, because they have no. It goes back to Mr. Mr. Garland, and you know, and and let me just tell. And I'm gonna leave you with this before you go. That I know for a fact that some people in the bowels of the front office, in the upper, middle, and lower part, the coaching staff knows Darius Garland's limitations by the way that they use him, especially on defense and some on offense too. I do know for a fact that they don't agree with how Kobe and uh, Mr. Gansey are handling, handling Colin Sexton. From from what I know, the same person who told me that the Cavs were highly, highly interested in Kevin Porter Jr. a few years ago, same person who told me this. Another guy on Twitter said the same thing that I'm saying. I'm just telling you that a lot of people in the front, there are some people in the front office that don't agree with how they perceive Colin Sexton and how they, they look at him. I, I can tell you that for sure. 
that's fair enough fair enough and i think we'll we'll definitely have to revisit this as time goes on i think Absolutely. i'm gonna have you on again man i i definitely enjoyed having your point of view on the show and uh with that being said i'm gonna go ahead and close things out as always if you'd like to reach out to me you can at it's cavalier underscore pod on twitter tiktok instagram and now youtube have a good one